This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin. January 31st, the calendar is turning. The Juwan Howard revenge game is near. Spring ball, more importantly, is very near. Zach, what's up? Is that really what you're looking forward to in February? That's that's what you got going uh, this month? Looking forward to Juwan Howard, his arrival on uh, Valentine's Day? I mean, yeah, because... In the same way that Wisconsin basketball is sliding and not good, can say the same thing about Michigan. So yeah. while it might not mean much for the standings, after last year, I'm excited for that game. I don't care how bad the teams are. Those storylines going in, that Cole Center gets a little riled up. They might quote tweet someone else's tweet in the handout, aside from friend of show Grant Bills. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. but like, as it, I always find those things funny because – you can easily search and figure out who it is. It's not like, why would you take the name off of it? Why would you take the, uh, his, his uh, Twitter handle off? Yeah. Uh, if you are wondering friend of show, I'll say Grant Bills, our great colleague tweeted recent, a couple weeks ago, I think that sure it was the last home game before this one. Oh, that a fishbowl is a quote, louder environment than the Cole center. I think it, it might've been the Penn state game. When they won. Which was the previous game before this one. The last one. Yeah. And Wisconsin gave out a handout to the student section, get everyone riled up. It's a stripe out Saturday, big game. And included in the handout, as you can find on Twitter, was that tweet. They just, they they took a a white erase marker thing, a white out. They took his handle out. So, But still put his name out there. Yes. So we stand with Grant Bills. I, uh, against whoever created that, the, the designer for the promotions, I stand with Grant Bills. I, I can at least say that. I think it's funny. Um, I, don't know if it, <laughs> I don't know if it worked. Uh, it was louder, but I think that's just because the students were actually there and there was a bunch of them there. Um, the rest of the crowd was what the rest of the crowd always is. Yeah. When it was 35-34. So if, if, yeah, there if was you, some juice in the building there. Some juice in the building after the run, uh, which and, is one which of is the, what happens. I know that I know it's like you give them energy, not they give you energy. But come on, that's no, that's when it was with, with, with Wisconsin. That's exactly what it is. They give you energy. There reaches a point where you have to hit shots. Yes, right. And, and even coming out of that, Wisconsin's up thirty-five, thirty-four, and they end up falling to Illinois, sixty-one, fifty-one, six of seven. They've lost. They're four and six in conference. They're eleventh in the Big Ten. All that. But they're up by one with ten and a half left, I think. Matthew Mayer hits a step back three to give Illinois a two point lead. Wisconsin goes right back down and they miss a wide open three. I, I remember clearly because I, I thought to myself, oh no, this is when the run starts. Where if Illinois gets a little hot and then Wisconsin can't answer on offense, where the defense can only bring you so far, right? And eventually you just gotta hit shots. The same goes for the volume inside the Cole Center. Like they just got cold for three minutes. Illinois went nuts. Boom, game's over. Yeah, which sucks. And and that's I guess just kind of kind of where we are. Uh, did you have any other big thoughts from the game? I really just it. I thought it was a story of aside from clearly Matthew Mayer got hot and he was going against decision and took advantage of it. Not all the time, but yeah, a lot of it. Wisconsin just when they needed to hit shots in the second half, open shots, whether it was decision or whoever else. They just didn't make them. Yeah, the the. I think a siege on both ends was kind of a story. 
because he didn't hit a shot for, I think, just the second time in his time at Wisconsin. I think it's the second game. He, and he had some really good looks and looks that you expect to go down, and they didn't. The way, same, way they, same way they didn't go down at Indiana, the same way they did go down against Maryland, they didn't go down against Illinois. So that was a problem. And then at the other end, I don't know what Greg Gard could have done differently because there's really who else is he going to guard in that situation, um, especially with the foul trouble that Wisconsin was having. It's not like you throw Tyler Wall on Michael Mayer. Uh, not Michael uh, Mayer. That's the tight end. Matthew. Matthew Mayer. Um, Meyer from uh, Baylor, now Illinois, missing the mullet, though. But with the headband for yeah. the first time. Either way, he was. it was kind of at both ends. He didn't really have a shot. He, they needed him on the floor for offense, even though he wasn't doing it offensively. Um, but yeah, he was there. There were times he was taking advantage on, on the defensive end. Same thing with Jordan Davis and same with pretty much anybody that was trying to guard, um, mayor on that end of the floor. He was hot. It was the same thing as Coleman Hawkins. Go back to that game at Illinois, a not great three point shooter just started to get hot and went nuts and they don't have the size to, to match up with him. Like who are you going to, if, if Tyler wall can't play him, there's nobody else that can play him. That's uh, going to match him height wise. He's what? Six, eight. Six nine. I mean, Gilmore might be close, but mm-hmm. but we he's saw size that. Size wise, but he can't fuck. He can't stay with him. Right, but we saw that matchup a couple times, and that also on the offensive end, you're giving some up there compared to whoever oh, else yeah. would be out there. I mean, it's just it's the story of what we've seen, where when you need depth, and, and maybe you need one of those guys off the bench on on defense or for a spark on offense, when the starters are unable to get it done in whatever game. Where whether it's Hepburn struggles or a Siegen struggles, there aren't many other options that have the ability to pick it up. Where you need a Siegen out there because he's the threat. And even Greg Gard, you mentioned some of the big looks he missed. Like some of those are planned out of timeout plays that they, work. They ran stuff for him. Exactly. They, yeah, they ran stuff for him and he got open and he didn't hit it. To me, I I wouldn't have run that stuff. It was coming out of a timeout. And they ran it, and he got an open look, and you want to take that all the time. You're the thinking way, of the one the, I'm thinking of later when the run was. I, I it guess wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't done. The game wasn't done. I think it was like a seven or eight point lead. Exactly. And if Wisconsin could have gotten that shot to fall, maybe it's different. But I would not have been running stuff for him in that situation. I would have been running stuff for Chucky the way that Chucky was playing in the second half. Chucky started the game 0 for 6, and then he hit his next, I think it was five shots, four or five shots. And a couple of them were threes, and they were deep threes. To me, I would again. It's all irrelevant at this point, and you expect Connor Asijan to to hit open shots because that's who he's been his entire time here so far. But Chucky was feeling it, and I kind of thought that they maybe would away from it a little bit um, when he was feeling it instead of trying to 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 force it. Um, and I know you don't want to force stuff, right? He kind of forced some stuff in the first half, but we saw it in the second half. He can still be a, he's a great shooter and he was hot in the second half probably should have got a few more shots than he did so the team's 12 and 8 they've lost six of seven the story of the streak partially has been injuries partially has been poor play as well uh they're they're four and six in conference they're 11th right now like there's still a run to be had in theory they need to do some winning to make the tournament uh, especially with what's left they have michigan twice which i compared to the beginning of the season, it might not be the hardest matchup. But at this point, as people we have looking, said... People are looking at Wisconsin the same way. Exactly. At this point, there are no wins where... There's no games where you look, oh, that's a win. No. And there normally isn't in the Big Ten. 
But even if you're where Wisconsin is right now, like it's just, that's not realistic. So they have what nine, eight games left. Um, a, a hot stretch gets them there, but uh, they're sitting at 11th, which is where they were projected to start the season. They got 10 games left, 10 games left because they're four and six. Okay. So th- this is where I don't do the math beforehand. Yeah. And uh, I lack the necessary ability to do it quickly on yeah, hand. There's, there's 20 games, in the big 10 season. So they're halfway through the season. Okay. Um, I, I, and it's why I, anybody that wants to bury them at this point, and I know that's not what you're doing. You're, you're laying out some things, right? You're laying out the schedule and need to do some winning and all that. And I don't disagree. And so I, I'm not willing to have that conversation yet um, about the burying of their season. I agree. Yet. I agree. There's a, I, I think, obviously, as the games go by, it is becoming increasingly less likely that we see a run happen, uh, a run to uh, whether it's going deep in the Big Ten tournament, whether it's winning a lot of these games, whether it's getting to the getting to March Madness, uh, just getting there, and then maybe making a run. Here's go ahead. No, th- th- there's a bigger point and question I want to raise, but but go ahead. No, that, that, I know what you're about to do. So yes. So I, there's obvious. There is always the very loud anti guard crew. And when you're on a losing streak, obviously they get louder. Now, many are drawing parallels to football and how clearly changes were made. uh, And surprisingly, definitely before we expected them to be made if they were going to. And I think we can all agree that the football program seems to be in a great spot and seems to have made a lot of changes for the better uh, in terms of, you know, the the people at the helm, in terms of the attitude. Uh, But first of all... I find trouble comparing them apples to apples, the two programs and the two sports in general and how you have to succeed. Um, but I, I guess for all the people that are that are anti-guard at this point and are using this six-game stretch and what everyone uh, sees as a lack of good recruiting, did all those people have sky-high expectations to start the year? Like This is my question, where... All off season, we would start talking about the team on the morning show, and I'd be, I, I would sit back and be like, "Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be that good. I'd be surprised if they were that good because of what they lost in in Johnny Davis. Obviously, the consistency of Brad Davison as well. Where if like Connor Seaton when he's on, that's a big offensive threat. Brad Davison in a way on offense was a good Connor Seaton night, but more nights than not, where he was extremely consistent and you could rely on that production, but they lose a lot. And then obviously there wasn't enough brought in in the portal. I didn't think they'd be that good. And then I was proven wrong to start this season. And now with injuries, they've taken a slide backwards. I guess I'm, I I'm looking at this as uh, a situation that goes back to a couple players leaving the program after last year, a guy going to the NBA as a portal recruiting that really didn't live up or that didn't do enough to help the team this season but I don't look at it as an indictment on the state of the program. I guess that is the general statement I would like to make. Before the season, I would have said, and actually did say on the swing, I don't know if we talked about it at all, what a successful year this year would be, based on what we knew going into the season, would be to make the NCAA tournament. That was my belief of where they would be in terms of success. That's still a possibility. Is it as likely a possibility as it was three weeks ago? No. You're right. They have to do some winning. They've got, some, they've got a lot of winning to do, actually. Um, yeah. 
Um, so they, they have some winning that they need to get done. I will take issue with the idea that this is somehow similar to, to Paul Chris because we talked about winning championships. We've talked about that. Chris McIntosh has talked about that. And he's not talking about national championships. He's talking about Big Ten championships. Obviously, national championships give you an opportunity. Like, if we win the Big Ten in football, you have a very you have a shot to be in the playoff and then play for a national title. If you win the Big Ten, basketball-wise, it doesn't really matter, uh, regular season-wise, in terms of national title. But it is a prestige thing, and Greg Gard's won two of the last three. Paul Christ, in his last three and a half seasons, went 13-11 and 11 against Big Ten competition. Did not go to the Big Ten championship game. Had one opportunity to go there and laid an absolute egg at Minnesota to end the 2021 season. So there are the the, the similarities between the two aren't there. Um, if this continues on, having these types of seasons, and again, there's 10 games left. Well, uh, three years ago at this time, everyone was burying them. The people at Og Hall were saying fire guard and sticky notes. And eight games later, they were Big Ten champions. Which many not, people thought I lived in Og Hall. I, I, I did not. Okay. I was not part of that. Okay. I, I, I was not a freshman at that moment, and I did not live in that building. Okay. So I did not stand with that message. Okay. Um, I'm old enough to remember the old Og Halls. I'm guessing you were not. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Um, they were not nearly as nice as the new Og Halls. Um, but that said, like, that's how different things can be from the beginning of February Till the first week in March, much can change. And so I'm not willing to sit here and, uh, you know, talk about the end of a season or what this is and what this program is. It's just so unfair to do it at this point. We can have this conversation in a month and a half if uh, they end up not making the NCAA tournament. And then you're talking about, all right, well, what has to happen next year for um, Greg Gard to not be on the hot seat? The whole wild card here is, Chris McIntosh, while he does talk about championships, I also don't necessarily know what's in his mind about Greg Gard. And he is a wild card now. You don't know what he, what he did with the football program is so out there compared to what we are norm uh, we normally see that you just don't want to say it absolutely can't happen. I, I'm done saying things can't happen when it comes to Wisconsin and their coaching staff. Um, that's just not – I'm not going to do it again. But it would seem unlikely because they're in different – spots in terms of their success in recent years. Greg Gard, a whole bunch more successful than Paul Christ uh, when it comes to winning championships in the Big Ten. Um, Greg, Paul Christ never won one. He was, mm, yeah. I mean, it's been a decade since anybody's done it in football. So I think that brings up a question in general to you first. Do you, like, let's say there's a season where Wisconsin wins the Big Ten regular season and goes on to lose in the second round, like last year with, with Johnny Davis, that whole team. And let's say they won it outright. There was no tie. Is that more impressive? That, why does it Why does it, the tie matter? I don't know. Just uh, People bring it up as semantics. Who but, gives a crap? Okay. Yes, they lo- Johnny went down with an ankle injury against Nebraska, and they lost, the, they lost the last game. So the question is, last season and how impressive that was versus a year where they finish fourth or fifth in the Big Ten and make the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Which do you think is more impressive? You are always you are always judged, fairly or unf- unfairly, based on what happens in March. I guess I look at it in a way where I. But, but I remember Big Ten titles more than I do Sweet Sixteens. Just in terms of my memory, when I think back, 
What did, what did Wisconsin do in this year? What did they do in the tournament? That's fine. And But coaches, especially nationally, are judged on what they do in March. In my mind, I think Big Ten titles mean more, especially regular season Big Ten titles, because the conference is so difficult and it's so hard to do. Um, I think it mel- meant more before. I think March Madness has been picked up so much, uh, and the value of it has picked up so much that that's pretty much all that matters to, to uh, a large portion of the population, and I completely understand it. Um, Bo Ryan not making it to a Final Four until 2014 was a huge indictment on him. Like, he can't make it to the Final Four. He can't do it. Um, because he had done everything else. He had won Big Ten titles. He had gone to the Sweet 16. He had gone to the Elite Eight. He had done all that stuff, and he just couldn't get over the over the hill. But for me, I remember the Big Ten titles and the years that they won them more so than what they did outside of the final four years um, than what they did. I think those titles mean as much, if not more, than Sweet 16 and Elite Eight births. Yeah, I think it's another... It's about getting hot for four games as opposed to getting hot, uh, playing out a 20-game season. True, which... I see it as somewhat causal where if you are a school and and it sucks because the best team Wisconsin's had in the last five, six years didn't play an NCAA tournament or the team that had probably the best chance to go deep. The hottest team. Yeah. The the one that was best positioned for the tournament at that moment, because that's the other thing. And I'm I'm sorry. The other thing about it is March is it's how you're playing. And like, if you're playing, if you're hot and you're playing well, you can go on a deep run. And that team in that moment was playing hot and was bound to go on it, I think, bound to go on a deep run. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that they would have gone on a deep run the way that they were playing. And last year was somewhat the opposite oh, exact with opposite. the injury um, and the loss to Nebraska, and then the Hepburn injury even in-game against Iowa State. They, they don't did. lose to Iowa State. Again, it's, it's all... Yeah, they weird. ran into tough luck, but I see it as causal, where if I am looking at Greg Gard, and this is big-picture stuff, and I, I don't mean to bury the team this season... I'm just, it's more of a response to the general uh, vitriol for guard and what's going on right now. Like we'll enter this off season and we'll look at where they can add in the portal. We'll look at the recruiting class. We'll look at guys that need to improve and really take big roles. And those are discussions that will happen. And if they're not done, then, you know, I, we'll talk about what's going into next season and what the team looks like. When you talk about program wide, what is the most causal like for success, what what can a coach do that can show that he can go get to the Sweet 16 or, or win you a Elite Eight or whatever? It's a guy that wins multiple Big Ten regular season titles over the course of however many years with different teams, like with somewhat different cores, right? They did it last year. Davison was there, but they had lost Trice and Potter. and re- Like it was a different team that he did it with. And I think if you're able to do that, more and more and more, that is when eventually things will align right. You'll make a run in the tournament as opposed to like, let's look at Jawan Howard in Michigan during the, the after COVID year. I don't know if they won the big 10, but they made a run to the final four. And I think if I remember correctly, their team wasn't a high seed. They somewhat overachieved to get that far. Um, but it, it wasn't as if they were this dominant, like what Purdue is right now, which we've seen them go on deep runs. They've made it to elite eights, but they're also year in and year out the best team in the regular season, which I think will lead to tournament success. So that is why all of the backlash on guard when it comes to however many years without a sweet 16, and now they've lost six to seven. Just let's, let's watch the rest of this season. Let's enjoy it. And then when the off season comes, we will all meet. This isn't football too. There aren't coaches getting fired in October because you need to fill a 
signing day recruiting class. Yeah. Like, it's not as crazy as that. So I, I guess it's a plead for everyone if you are this unhappy with the state of everything. Just sit back, you know, watch the rest of this season. The offseason will come. We'll evaluate. We'll look at how they can improve, and then we'll see what happens. I'm not a person of, of faith, but there were uh, a couple acts of God to keep Greg Gard out of a, a two elite eights in back-to-back years. And I know those guys were not True. those guys were not all his players, though he had a, a hand certainly in recruiting a lot of them. He 20, was on staff. Yes. Like, like it wasn't as if they hired him from the outside and he inherited the team. Like, right. he was there the whole time. Right, exactly. Um, and it took... It took a lot for him not to be in the Elite Eight. And uh, some will say that he was the cause of that with with some of the uh, coaching, at least uh, when it came to, ah, I'm not going to do this. This, That's a long time ago. Don't don't need to do it. But they they weren't that far away. And I I personally think that 2020 team does make a deep run. So, um, and the injuries last year, again, I don't want to make excuses for him. There's no need to make excuses for him. Um, he's, his record speaks for itself, but there are trigger happy people at this point, uh, based on what football did. And I don't necessarily, um, I don't agree with them, but I get where they're coming from, even though I don't agree with them. I understand the perspective. I just think we have to accept the differences in the sports. I will also say that I have no doubt, and I don't know who it would be, but I have no doubt if, if they wanted to go that direction that they could be doing the same thing in, in basketball as they did in football. Interesting. If, I, if Financially, if they're willing to do what they did in football, in basketball, I think that they could. Who do you think off the top of your head? I'm not going to do this. No, no, I'm no. I'm just... It. I'm not doing it. Okay. We're not going to do it. Because we don't... No. You're, you're going to throw out stupid names. Like, you just no. don't know. No, we I'm not going to throw out stupid no, names. No, but, but you're asking... Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, I think if they wanted to do that... If they wanted to say screw it and, um, you know, they felt that there was a need for change, that I think that they could do very similar things. I don't know why it would be any different. Yeah, I, I guess I view the the football coaching pipeline as stronger than basketball, and I haven't gone deep into the basketball pipeline. I admittedly know more about football. There was no connection to Luke Fickle whatsoever. I know, but I, no, I'm talking about in the sport. When we talk about the next great thing, like group of five coaches that go nuts Mm. and then are able to move forward throughout time or even lower level power five coaches that make the jump. I view like that pipeline of coaching talent as more dependable than basketball. But again, that's as someone I don't follow basketball coaching enough, Um, except for the top and, and, uh, you know, the big names and everything. And obviously at Wisconsin. So. It's interesting. And then I will note, I mean, I am very excited for the 2023 class. If you want to talk about recruiting, it, it appears that they had some pretty big wins. So uh, we'll see going forward. We will see going forward. Uh, one, of the, one of those guys was at the Cole Center on Saturday. Uh, Nolan, that sucks. Yeah, Nolan Winter was there. They introduced <laughs> him during the game. They uh, He was sitting behind the bench. And they introduced him. So All right. to get a, they're trying to get a little, uh, little energy in the building. Yeah, we he, had the... He got a nice round of applause. That's good. Uh, not as much energy as the, we want Caleb chance, uh, which didn't work, but I will say there were football people there. Um, yeah, which oh, there were, it sucked that they had to watch that. But speaking of that, uh, there is a lot of football to get to today. That is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny, a, a note, a, a big piece of news that I will tweet out in a second, but also speaking of your news, 
uh, that's about to come was one of the people in attendance. We will be live at Mugs and Sun Prairie on Thursday, 5 to 6, as we always are. We had Daryl Peterson on with us last Thursday. I urge everyone to go listen to that. It was great. Uh, we're going to talk about some takeaways from it when we come back. Some thoughts from uh, the hour we spent with him. But this Thursday, we'll be live with Wisconsin wide receiver Skylar Bell, uh, which I'm, I'm very excited for because now we get the offensive side again. We get the long go side of things. And then uh, so that's coming up Thursday, 5 to 6. It'll be available as a podcast as well Friday morning, as it always is. So check that out. However you do listen to the show, we always appreciate it. Come out. Or come out and, and hang out even better. Uh, or just go to Monks in general. Monks is great. Uh, the food's great. The beer is great. Uh, television's everywhere. Got the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week, Zach. Big, yeah, you're uh, going to be gonna be watching uh, A-Rod, right? That's, that's going to be your featured uh, hey. group on ESPN every day? Or what? Hey, if Rogers is uh, paired up with James Hahn. As was pointed out to me on Twitter today, I do think they could share a lot of perspective. A couple legends right there of uh, different different things. James Hunt, not a legend. He's a legend in some ways. But uh, there's your golf talk for the day. When we come back, we will get into Daryl Peterson's interview, some reaction from what was said, the conversation, and then spring storylines. Spring practice is close. We'll get into some early spring storylines we're looking forward to. That is all coming up next. It is Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. Kenny and Heilprin. Again, Thursday, 5 to 6, we are live at Monk's Barn Grill in Sun Prairie. Skylar Bell will be with us. Talk about early winter conditioning. Look ahead to spring practice entering his next year at wide receiver with the program. Looking forward to that. It will be in podcast form afterwards. If you would like to listen back to it, uh, or if that is how you listen to it, that'll be up there Friday morning. Zach, last Thursday, Ben Kenny, Zach Halpern here. Daryl Peterson was with us at Monk's. Uh, I wanted to ask first, just like big, I, what did you take away from it? Uh, whether it was something specific that was discussed, uh, a headline grabber, or just a perspective that was valuable. What did you take away from our, our time with him? Big fan of Daryl Peterson. Tat was before. I don't know. Uh, pretty clear that I'm, I'm a fan of the outside linebackers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it is a interesting group, and he's a, I think he's got – just a ton of potential, a ton of potential. And I think we saw it kind of start to emerge later in the season, especially rushing the passer, uh, got a couple sacks late. So I'm, I was kind of interested to see like what his focus was, like where he, like where he thought he needed to improve this off season. And you always get, I need to do this. I need to do that. But I think there is in that defense and going to be asking guys to drop. And we kind of saw it uh, when he was a freshman and had to play in the bowl game. And it didn't look comfortable whatsoever because he, that's not what he did in high school. There's a lot of, you know, hand, in, hand on the ground, get after the quarterback type of stuff. And so I think we're probably going to see more of that out of the outside linebackers this year. And so I think that's an, an, an added part to his game. I thought the Bobby uh, April stuff about how he was supposed to be yeah. the, their, their coach was certainly a, a headliner. Interesting. Um, and then also, you know, the... Uh, throwing up that's going on I, said, I, I didn't want to publicize that too hard uh because i know we you me- remember the nebraska 
Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Line coach last year. I didn't want to push that too hard, um, so I didn't. But yeah, I mean that's what, anybody who's gone through off-season conditioning before a sport, whether it's high school, college, probably in the pros, you are going to have guys that are getting in shape and getting in shape in that moment, and you're going to lose it. But that's one of the things where it happens. But if you're the O line coach, given some, I would say mistakes that have been made by people in the sport in the past you don't go parade around about it right you know yeah like that's like it happens but don't say oh uh, look at the job we're doing they 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 can't even drink they're throwing up so often yeah it's not not good no so like they that's part of off-season workouts i i I feel like it happens absolutely everywhere if you go to a certain point then maybe it's a little bit too much, but I don't think that is what was getting across. But either way, the, uh, the off-season workouts and the way that, you know, they kind of hit the ground running with um, uh, Brady Collins, the, the new strength coach, and his staff um, was interesting. And the fact that they're not walking around with Wisconsin gear on in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the weight room yet because they haven't earned it, just like the guys that are new to it with the freshmen and some of the uh, transfers having to earn to wear the shirts that all the other guys there are, are wearing already. I thought there were all there were a bunch of interesting points that uh, that he had. I like that. I do. I also, I mean, there. It could be. I mean, go ahead. It could be cliche if you are. Bit. Well, if if you're a PJ Fleck, you know, somewhat fake seeming, uh, outwardly person. Here's what I'll say, uh, real quickly, because I think uh, I saw this when they brought maybe Mabry Tower in. And the, the jump around into the building. Uh-huh. Had that been <laughs> had that been PJ Fleck, you would have hated it. I would have said something about it. <laughs> uh, but not not jump around. Like if he had them like rowing into the, <laughs> into the building. <laughs> and Where like, they hold up they, the sides of the, the boat as paper. They had, oh. they have like oars, like they have to row their way into the building. You just gave him the best idea. I, I know he listens to the show. Of course he does. I, I think you just gave him the best idea he's ever gotten. Ever since we had him on the show at Big Ten Media Days, I feel like he's a, a weekly listener. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he gets he gets both episodes in in, in one listen for sure. Same with Big Brett. Yep. He still hasn't unblocked you on Twitter. I haven't checked um, lately, but I'm assuming that's that's the case. But the the Bobby April stuff, looking back, makes somewhat sense why the timeline happened. Where if he was going to come back, he is a, a one of the best options you could possibly imagine for that position. And then he gets a better opportunity at Stanford, is going to be the DC there. It makes sense why uh, Matt Miller, I believe it is, that is going to coach outside linebackers. Makes no, sense why... Matt Mitchell. Matt Mitchell, excuse me. Uh, makes sense why that happened later. Where, you know... Did you ever see Catch Me If You Can? It was I, one with... Maybe? Uh, with with uh, Leo DiCaprio and... Um, Wait, is that the magic one? No, it's the one where he's... Oh, that's Now You See Me, Now You Don't. Yeah, no, it's Catch Me If You Can is with uh, him and um, Tom Hanks. He's He's like the guy that does all the different... Tom Hanks, FBI guy. I, I have All right. No. Well, most people will have seen it. And his name is Frank Abagnale. And for some reason, I kept on calling this morning. I kept on calling on, on the camp. Um, Jack Bicknell, who's the. Yes. O-line coach. Frank Bicknell. Gotcha. And totally found out the reason why was because I was. Mia Culpa there. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So for the dual listeners, there you go. There's your apology before, before you reach out like, like many do and things are. Oh, no, wrong, I caught myself. Oh, I caught myself and explained it, but I wanted to do it. You go Matt Miller. 
yeah. who is the draft guy uh, for one of ESPN's draft guys. Well, I and was, also and also played for a very short time at Wisconsin. I was recently thinking about him because he tweeted a picture of American Airlines and the seat back that was taped shut, and he couldn't do his work, which is a gross act by American Airlines. They said something wrong. What? It was like strong metal tape. I'll, I'll show it to you later. It's not important at all. No, it kind of is. What's what happened? He was on a flight. Yeah. And he tried to bring the seat back thing backwards to put his computer down to do work. Yeah. Probably on the way to the senior bowl, which yeah. is going on. Shout out to Keanu Benton. He's crushing it. And they had this really strong, t- like they just didn't have a seat back because it was broken or something. Oh, oh, it was broken and he couldn't use it. Exactly. Oh, okay. yes. Well, which I is it was, gross. I thought it was they wouldn't let him do it. Well, as opposed to it just not being available to him. I, well, they didn't let him do it because it was broken. Well, that's now, that's that's just bad luck. Uh, I don't think that's intentional. Uh, or you know, American, just not the best airplane company out there. Um. Anyway, so there was that. As an aside, there was some of the the leadership of the young guys that was interesting. Ricardo Hallman specifically. Uh, as a guy that he said, quote, coming into his own roommate there in the room. Yep. Future um, podcast partner. And I, I, I cut him off as he was going through the leadership. And I said, Vacos, which I regret, admittedly, like he, he was on a roll of interesting stuff. But I had to get that in there. So that is what it is. Um, and, and then just the overall energy, like he's talking about him being home when a lot of the commitment stuff was happening uh, where he's, you know, it's their break and reacting to it same way that all of us are and all the fans are. You know, many have notifications turned on. You know that when tweets come out, you got the next thing coming. So that's cool to hear that the energy kind of goes down to the team as well. But that was, I, I definitely, I, I, maybe it's just because as soon as the players come out, I become bigger fans of them. But big Tanner Bordellini guy, <laughs> big Daryl Peterson guy, ad, admittedly. Not so, Jack Nelson, though. Uh, and Jack Nelson as well. Yes. Um, I pretty much, I can be bought. Are you going to become a bigger Skylar Bell fan than Keontes Lewis after Thursday? That's it. We're going to have to relitigate that next Tuesday, <laughs> which I, Tuesday we'll have a reaction to it. I will, uh, I will leave my thoughts to that episode All right, because it, it's really hard to say. It is. Um, so that's coming up on Thursday. Skylar Bell will join us at Monks. Looking forward to that. How far are we from spring practice where we sit today? A couple uh, weeks? We are a month. I'd probably say Five weeks, six okay. weeks out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's we're what? It's January. There's it's January thirty first. I think there are four weeks in February. Yeah, I don't know when they're going to start spring ball. Uh, I know the their pro day is probably going to be that first week of March, and then spring ball usually starts right around that time. But a lot of changes, and I don't think anything's been set in stone just yet. Gotcha. Um, that I know of. So I was sitting back today thinking about the show, and. Wonder, we, we've hit so many angles of the team and the spring and what's to come. We don't know what defensive alignment we'll see, right? We don't know exactly how the playing time is going to be. We don't know about the new guys and the coaches. So much is unknown. Were there any big spring storylines that you think we have not hit yet that you're still thinking about in your brain? And not ones that we'll know about today, just to throw out there, because I had one. All right, I'll let you go. It is the... Uh, what does the Zach Heilprin eye test tell us about the offense versus the defense? Ooh. Because previous ones, and your eye test hasn't been wrong. We just learned afterwards why you saw what you saw. Two years ago, 2021, you always said, oh, the offense is really struggling when they go against the defense. 
that was number one, because the defense was unbelievable. Maybe the best the programs ever had. And two, the offense wasn't great overall, I'd say. Wasn't great. Uh, and then go wasn't, back. Dude, they weren't good. I'm being nice today. Back to last year. You also said uh, the offense struggling a bit, but but also it wasn't necessary. Or you said the outside linebackers also were this amazing six starters. Part of that was the tackle position. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't as solidified as we thought it would be. So Logan, there, Brown was, Logan Brown was, was blocking some of the guys. There are things that you see, but we don't know the context of it until later. Right. And, and uh, I, I think I mentioned that I thought the passing game had taken steps, and I still feel that way. It did take steps against poor competition and Washington state was not that poor and it wasn't the greatest uh, game. I mean, it wasn't Graham's fault. No, that they lost the game. Here's the thing. You go back and look at those first eight games. Graham played well enough for, for them to win them all, except for Ohio state. You take, you take Ohio state out. There was no quarterback that was going to win that game for Wisconsin because I couldn't stop any defensively. Oh, that was the other yeah. Forget, I won't go back to that. That was the other thing that Daryl Peterson talked about, some of the stuff that was going on. Oh, Dewan Jones also. Yeah. Best tackle he faced. He's crushing it at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So he didn't play that poorly. He was just horrible in the last month of the season. Yep. Um, so I think this passing game did take some steps. So I don't think I was necessarily horribly wrong on that one. But that's what I'm looking forward to, though. It's the what does the very early Zach Heilprin eye test say? And then we won't know exactly why you see what you see. But we'll learn later. But it's very because of all the changes. I just want to know offense versus defense. Who's holding their own? What unit looks better? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Bryson Green going up and jumping over somebody and grabbing a pass in the end zone. I expect to see a ton of it in the spring. A lot of one on one stuff that me will mean nothing. Will mean nothing come uh, fall camp. But those flash plays, right? Guys that are uh, standing out and doing that type of stuff. It's going to get people excited. And I can't wait to tweet it. I can't wait till you tweet Keontes Lewis dust defender catches 98 yard or small field 60 whatever yard touchdown. Yeah. And or uh, Vacos drilling field goals. Yeah. drill. He, he did drill like drills a 65 yarder. Oh, right, man. I'm, I, I can't wait. I yeah, just I mean, we're giddy. Uh, we have to step away. There's a lot more to come. There is some recruiting headlines to get to. We'll stick with the football that is coming up next again, live at Monks and Sun Prairie Thursday. Wisconsin wide receiver Skylar Bell will join us. Looking forward to it. We have more coming up. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Kenny and Heilprin, we are back. Podcast up, as always, after the show. Basketball chatter, if you missed it, reaction to the loss to Illinois. What's to come? Uh, Maybe what the overall sentiment is around where everything stands. That led the show tonight. There was recruiting news today, Zach, and I was not going to lead the show with it, though I am very excited to discuss it, as I, Mr., you know, blue chip ratio. When you get more talent, you have better teams concept. It started two days ago with Grant Steck, tight end, 2024 class, 212th player in the country, 10th ranked tight end, fourth player from the state of Illinois. It continued today. Rob Booker from Wanakee, tight end as well. They're both 6'6", and Booker's a three-star. But two, I mean, what seemed like pretty big signings, the class now up to three guys with Met Tower there in 2024. Um, 
exciting, I would say. Athletes. Athletes. Big-time athletes. Uh, Big-time athletes. Both, both guys are. But you can't teach height. Uh, wish you could, but you can't. Um, and uh, both of them are big-time athletes. And it adds to a position that I think is going to look a lot different, obviously, than it has under the previous coaching staff. You're not going to see three tight ends on the field, but you're going to see these tight ends line up in a whole bunch of different spots, usually probably one of them uh, at a time, maybe two of them, but at fullback, at H-back, at um, out wide. And both of these guys, I think, certainly fit that mold. Uh, it's uh, it's exciting because you have those two, and then you could add them to Jack Pugh and JT Seagreaves, two other big-time athletes, um, and we'll see. that. They didn't do anything in the transfer portal at tight end. Um, I'm not saying that these guys are going to come in and play when they're, you know, their first year in 2024. Um, but it certainly kind of settles the position because they didn't do do anything in the in the uh, uh, 2023 class either. Right, and that's been one of the places we've looked at as one long term. You don't know what it'll look like. Now I think it's really interior defensive line. Maybe there are some positions out there, but tight end was a big one. Yeah, this seems to sure it up. You ready for cause and effect Kenny to come out? Yes. So I did a way back when I started talking about sports. When Skyler Bell committed, I, actually. They did. I, my bad. They did have a tight end in this class. It was the late the late ad from out west. Right. Yep. Oh, yes. Um, when Skyler Bell committed to Wisconsin, I looked back, and I truly believe that there was a cause and effect when Graham Mertz commits, and you see the the headlines and the stars and take all the other context away. The next class after Mertz was, or two classes after, it was really good. They were winning on the field, but they get the big quarterback, and I, it felt like there was some juice with that that led to skill positions coming. Whether that was true or not, I don't know if I can go back and say it was, but now I can almost assure you that there is the cause and effect when you go from hiring Luke Fickle to hiring Phil Longo, which leads to quarterback talent both this year and in the future, what seems like. And that then will lead you to a top 10 tight end in the class. It'll lead you to two, as you said, athletic, uh, 6'6", you know, 215, 220 plus. Two guys that, you know, in this offense would project to be very successful. This, this is what happens when you open things up. And I am impressed by Luke Fickle. I'm impressed by Phil Longo. And that is what I will say. You're not going to like this. Um, both guys were... I think they would have had a shot at him in the previous staff too. Okay, um, but still, I think Grant, I, I think Steck came like four or five times, visited four or five times. Okay, um, well, and, facts and, don't and, care about uh, the narrative I'm pushing. And, with and Rob Booker, successful offense. Yeah, Rob Booker, I think wanted to be a Badger his <laughs> entire life. But that's I, I don't want to take that away from you. Um, I'm not saying that that's a problem. Getting these type of players is it makes the offense, offense better. Yes. That's yes. what we've talked about. Yep. You can come and run uh, whatever you want, but you need the personnel to do it. Yeah. So it is National Signing Day tomorrow. Did you know that? I did. Kind of kind of snuck up on everybody. I mean, almost everyone signed. Yeah, except for uh, a big guy in the middle of a defense, which is what Wisconsin needs. We heard about Keanu Benton, what he's doing down at the Senior Bowl. They have did not land a single defense lineman in the recruiting class. However, Jamel Howard could be making... His, his his decision tomorrow was originally planned to make it today. Got pushed to tomorrow. Apparently going to do it with the rest of the school there. But it might be looking Wisconsin's way. Which would like that's a that's the position that we are questioning a bit long term. 
again, as I've said. I wouldn't and, even say short term. Well, yeah, maybe with depth this season. But, wow, that, that would be big news. So that's, that's coming tomorrow. You ready for this very non-scientific survey of yep. what Fickle's done so far? Yeah. If I am not mistaken, since Ooh. he has been named head coach. Oh, boy. Not counting Tretch Kikiyuna because he was kind of committed in the past. Again, this is not scientific. Eight commits have signed. Not portal. Eight commits out of high school. Do you want to know the blue chip ratio of those eight people? A lot of four stars in that that bunch. 50%. Mm. Which I... Good good news early. That's all I'll say. Yeah. You have the corners. You have the secondary guys. Matt Tower was a four-star. Steck's a four-star. That We're moving a bit. Good so, things are happening. So it's not by class. It's by entire roster. Is that what you're saying? Is that how it works? In general, like, it's by class, and then it it is a full roster thing. Yes. Okay. So, but, so it, it would take... There hasn't been a full class. But it would take multiple, like, four straight. Uh, not four straight, but... It, Four above that to get there. Yep. Okay. And and again, things have changed with the portal and the talent, but in general, we are seeing good trends. Do you get to count like a CJ Williams now that as as part of that blue chip ratio? Technically no, which is a problem with the ratio that it doesn't bit. account for the portal well enough. Okay. So they got to change that. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's high school adjacent. You know, I'll create my own the 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 Badger chip ratio. Yeah. And. Call that high school adjacent recruiting. Okay. Though the quarterback's in there too. Then they're at like 90%. Then they're ready for a boom, boom. Big 10 title. Um, Not a national title. All right. We're going to step away, <laughs> take a quick break. We have more coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Kenny and Heilprin, we are back. Minute before we're out of here. Again, Thursday, five to six, Monks, Barn Grill, Sun Prairie, me, Zach, Skyler Bell. It's gonna be a good time. Come hang out, listen to it on podcast. A closing word, Zach. Can't wait for Thursday. As well. Uh the podcast of this show, if you missed any of it, will be up afterwards. Leave a review. We appreciate it as always. We got big stuff coming. Spring ball's almost here. For all those that have hung around, thank you. See ya.